Hey guys, before we start the episode today, I just wanted to announce a couple things that I'm really excited about. Uh, number one, I'm talking through a brand new mic. Uh, it's a Christmas gift, so I'm super pumped to have it because it's like the Mac Daddy of all microphones for podcasting. Um, but sadly, this episode is not recorded with a new microphone because I recorded it about three or four weeks ago. Anyway, number two, which is kind of the big thing, is the Patreon page I've been telling you about in the previous episodes is up and running. So it is patreon.com forward slash cut the shit get fit. There you're going to find a lot of information how uh, yourself becoming a Patreon supporter and what content you get access to. So check that out. I'll also link it up in my social media when I post this. And thirdly and lastly, this episode I recorded with Donnie, I had my fire alarm go off multiple times. But don't worry, I tried to edit it out as best as I could. So if... You know, the words seem bunched together or myself or Donnie kind of just blank out for a couple seconds. Don't worry, your phone's not broken or anything like that. It's just how the editing pieced together. So hopefully you guys are excited to listen to this interview because it was great. And here we go. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit, Get Fit. I'm your host, Rafael Matuszewski, and I have another amazing guest for you guys. His name is Donnie Singer. Say hello. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thanks for having me, Rafael. No problem. So, to start us off, if you can just tell everybody who you are, what you do, and how did you get into this industry? All right, so first of all, thank you for having me on what is arguably the best-named podcast I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) Um, yeah, so I'm Donnie Singer. Um, I, what I do is I run fit to go personal training, which is an in-home personal training service in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, what we focus on specifically is helping busy professionals integrate fitness, meaning exercise and nutrition into their lives in a realistic way. Um, so what I found when I, when I worked at a gym when I was younger, that the, biggest problem for most of my clients that I had were that they just couldn't integrate it into their schedule. Like it was such a hassle for them to go after work or early morning, drive to a gym, change, work out, shower, change, drive home. Um, and it was, it ended up being fitness or in the morning or at night instead of I can do fitness and I can go spend time with my kids or I can go socialize or I can get the job done or whatever it is. So that's pretty much what Fit2Go focuses on and what I've been really, really trying to build up and try to make a service that really, really works for you know, the modern lifestyle. Um, so we do in-home training where our, our trainers would go to the clients' homes and bring equipment with them. Um, we do completely personalized nutrition coaching, which is really, really focused on not – we never do like a diet. So we'll focus on like what kind of foods the person likes, what their schedule is. And we do not subscribe to any single, like, there are very, very few uh, musts in our, in, our, um, in our programs. So, like, we'll, there'll be, we won't have, like, you have to eat chicken or, like, you have to eat even breakfast. Like, that's a big thing a lot of uh, fitness professionals will push on people. They'll be like, oh, you're not eating breakfast? Oh, it's the most important meal of the day. you got to be eating that. If a client is, you know, really rushed in the morning and they're just genuinely not hungry until lunch, we'll say, okay, that's fine. You know, if, you, if you're going right out just to lose weight, uh, we need to create a, create a caloric deficit. So if you're not binging later, if you want to just skip breakfast and then start your meals at lunch, let's do that. 
Um, so that's our overall approach to fitness, and we really try to personalize it and make it realistic. And it's pretty awesome to see when you know somebody's been trying to kind of fit their life around fitness as opposed to trying to figure out a way to fit fitness into their life. And when it finally works, you know, because they kind of, it, it's like, a, it's really a confidence drainer when, when you've been trying to, to, to get fit and get healthy and you just feel like, why can't I do it? What's wrong with me? So that moment when it finally clicks, they find a plan that works for them. It's just an awesome feeling to see. So yeah, that's pretty much what we focus on. Yeah, like I find it so difficult with guys who own their own businesses or CEOs. They're always kind of like, go, go, go. And they have like their time for their training uh, session scheduled every week. And it's like I could flip a coin to see if they're going to show up because, you know, the meeting yeah. extended or they're like, oh, I totally forgot. And they're just like their brain goes like a thousand miles an hour all the time. So it's so hard to kind of dial those types of people to actually like get health as a priority. And it's so frustrating. <laughs> Yeah, a hundred percent, and it's funny because that's always like the number one thing we say during the consultation uh, is is they'll be like, yeah, like my biggest struggle before has been you know like like I was saying before, you know, getting into a gym or like keeping an appointment with a trainer. We're like, hey, look, the good news is that we're coming to you. So the only way you're not getting your workout in is if you literally run out of your house and go <laughs> away because we're going to be at your place and we're going to be ready to go. So yeah, it's a hundred, a hundred percent. It's a big difference there. Now, how did you get into the industry? Like, what started it all for you? Yeah, so um, I've always been super, super into fitness. I remember this just a, I remember like a specific conversation actually in fourth grade um, about just like when it finally clicked to me the idea that you know me being a short Jewish kid in uh, in, in in elementary school, I was super into basketball. But I remember a specific conversation where I realized that it's not you're not completely confined by your genetics, that you do have some say over how you can perform or how you look or how strong you are, or how fast you are. So I originally got into fitness more to help my basketball game. I started a program called Air Alert. Um, I didn't create it. I participated in a program called Air Alert, which was, it's a specific plyometric jumping program made for basketball players to help them jump higher. Um, and that was like the first, I guess, real workout program I ever started. It was like squat jumps, um, what is that? Like squat jumps, plyometric step ups. Um, what else did they have? They had there's some calf raises. I think there was like an ab exercise. It was really, really basic, and it was just like it progressed um, over a 15 week period. And there it is. <laughs> just keep going. <laughs> but yeah, so then that was like the first my entry into fitness, and ever since there, and then as I got older and got a little more vain in high school, then I was really into the body compositions. Then I got super into working out, and eventually it took up a life of its own, and I ended up stopped playing basketball um, in like senior year of high school, but I just got super, super into fitness and lifting, and then um, in college, my plan was actually to be a, I was going to, I was majoring in computer science, I was going to go into software development, um, that's what my dad does, and I worked for him a little bit as a kid, and I knew it was like a very lucrative option, Um my freshman year in college, my plan was to get certified as a trainer and be a trainer through college because it sounded like a fun and um, easy, good job to have through college. And so that was my plan at that point. And then what ended up happening was um, in the second semester, freshman year, I got to the point where I realized, okay, I 
uh, I, I can do the programming, you know, I can do software development, but I only enjoy this stuff when I'm taking Adderall, <laughs> you know, like yeah. when I take before going to class. And I realized, like, all right, so I have a choice. Like, I can, I can take Adderall for the rest of my life, um, like I am right now in school, and then I'll, yeah, I'll be able to focus and do this software development. Or maybe I can find something a little bit more passionate about. And then what ended up happening was after I got certified and I got my job at the gym, the first client I had, I was lucky because the first client I had ended up being a huge, huge success story where he like, so it was awesome. So his name was John. And John was a, um, he was a high school principal at a, at a Catholic school. So he was a priest and he wanted to become a chaplain in the Navy. And in order to do so, he had to meet their PT standards. So he, he hadn't worked out in like over 20 years, but he had to lose 50 pounds just to be considered for the position. Wow. So that was the only reason he was working out for nothing else. He did not care about anything other, but it also kept him pretty committed. So he ended up working with me. We trained three times per week. He completely overhauled his diet. He was doing his cardio workouts on his own. Um, and then he ended up losing uh, some, between 70 and 80 pounds. Um, and it completely changed his life. The best part is he never even ended up taking that position with the Navy, but to this day, we'll still follow up every couple of months, and he still keeps this lifestyle going, because he got off, he was hypertensive, he had sleep apnea, he had high cholesterol, like every single obesity-related uh, illness he had, and they were all gone when he made the change, and so it's been such a dramatic lifestyle change for him, and when I saw that, you know, when, like, this is the first client I worked with, and I saw, like, how much of that, that feeling that you can get. I mean, it's almost, it's, it sounds noble, but it's really selfish because for me, yeah. it's, wow, that makes me feel so great to help somebody like that. Um, and so I was like, I got to figure out a way to make a career around this. And so that's actually like the second half of what we're trying to focus on with fit to go So number one is, you know, making it work for the client. But number two, I mean, if you ask, has been in the industry long enough, they'll all, they'll all say, you know, that the standards to become a personal trainer aren't enough. You know, there's a problem in the industry. Um, my, I, I think it's a, it's a deep rooted problem. I think that the real problem is that most, there aren't many lucrative options for personal trainers. So it, uh, people in the industry that would be great trainers, either don't stay in the industry because they can't make enough money or they never enter the industry because they know they won't make enough money. Um, so that's what we try to focus on with fit to go as well is sort of creating a lucrative careers for personal trainers. So that's why I know, I mean, I knew at that point, like I want to make this into a career it's not going to happen staying working in a gym. So then that's what sort of inspired me to go and start fit to go and went from there. So what kind of gave you the idea to make it a mobile business rather than like, I'm just going to get myself space, hire some trainers and kind of go from there. Yeah. So I wish I could, I could give a better <laughs> sounding answer to this, but I was 21. Yeah. Um, I could barely afford the $70 to with the Department of Assessments and Taxation to register my business, the reason I wanted to end home was because it was the only way I could afford. There was zero overhead um, when we first started. Like I literally, I didn't have a website, I didn't have business cards, I had nothing. Um, I literally started out posting to Craigslist, and I was so surprised at how like the first year. Um, this is like 2013. Uh, how successful it was posting to Craigslist? Because I, I mean, personally, like when I think of, I don't look at Craigslist for anything, but I definitely want to look on Craigslist for a personal trainer because I would expect like the most, you know, like what do you, what kind of personal trainer would you expect if you were uh, if you looked on Craigslist? Probably not a good one, eh? <laughs> yeah, like you know, but um, we got like a brain surgeon from Craigslist, so it, yeah, I mean it ended up working out. Um, 
for that first year before we actually had the website and had social media and had everything else and got a little reputation. Um, but yeah, so that's the main reason that I went into originally into in-home training. Um, and then sort of, as I got a little older, I understood the industry a little more and I understood the demographic a little more. Then that's when everything started really making sense. And I started really fine tuning the approach and I started realizing who we were targeting, why we were targeting them. Um, you know, busy professionals who just don't have time to get to the gym and then everything else started falling into place. And we just released an app actually, um, last week. It's officially going to be out in January. We have people beta testing it now, but that's huge as well because we're using that so that clients will be able to um, have their own personalized workouts from the trainers, um, log the nutrition like they do in MyFitnessPal. So it all like as we, you know, with any business, as you keep going, you always got to be getting feedback from your clients and figuring out how can you serve them better. Um, So that's why I originally started at home, but that's sort of why we're at home now, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. I like the idea of the app because that's what I did with my two business partners, but we used the program Trainerize. And ever okay. since we switched over, like, one, clients really, really like it because now they have – because your phone's with you all the freaking time. It's, like, your third arm now. And uh, now when they actually go on vacation or they're out of town, they'll actually use their phone because they have their program in there and they know how to do the program on their own. Whereas, like, maybe three years ago, I think that's when we made the switch, was, like, we would write their workouts on the board or – have like an Excel file and we would always manually put everything in. So it was kind of like tedious, but now this is so much easier. So it's kind of cool to using technology now as part of like training, which is pretty sweet. And you're talking about clients that are uh, in person, correct? Yeah. In person. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, this is uh, is the thing of the future. So for me, like this hybrid model of in person online for me, um, you know, because I also do um, a little bit of work for a job with the personal training development center. Mm -hmm. I do the best, um, the art best fitness articles of the week. So, um, you know, John's been huge into online training, and that's what a lot of the uh, personal training development center is focused on now with the certification um, and the online trainer academy. So, we currently don't offer, I personally don't offer any online training. It's something I'm interested in getting into probably later in 2017. But what bothered me so much was that all of John's articles and arguments about why online training is so great. And there were, there were some arguments about why it can be better than in-person training. And that bothered me so, so much because for some of his points, I was like, that's a good point. You know, that makes sense. And so that really, really bothered me because I was like, is that true? Like, is this other model? It's, you know, they're putting less time, less time into, more efficient, charging clients less. Is that actually more effective? And so the main point that, that I had the reaction to was the idea of with online training – it's more of a comprehensive program where you're looking at the bigger picture, you're focusing on what actually matters, which is, you know, the nutrition and the motivation and everything else, as opposed to getting super specific with um, a client's form or, you know, counting their reps or things like that, um, which are good for some clients, but it's not what leads to weight loss, which is like the reason 99% of people sign up for personal training. So that's when I heard, when I realized that I was like, I had kind of had a light, uh, light bulb turned on and I was like, oh, well. That is true, but there's no reason that has to be exclusive to online training. You know, we can incorporate that with in-person training. And so that's why we went and got the app. And it sounds like it's a very similar thing for you with your clients. 
Yeah, because it's like really simple to use where it's like you can put in your weights and your reps in the exercise. And if you didn't know what the exercise was, there's like a small little icon of the photo. And you click the photo and then a video will start playing of whatever the exercise is. So it's really easy to follow. But like I, I think it also comes down to like preference, right? Because like I have some clients that would do well just doing online on their own. And then some that actually need to be there in front of somebody because like... One, maybe their movement recognition is not the greatest, and they want someone to be watching them to make sure that they're doing it correctly, where some people have a home gym, and they can be like, oh, yeah, just give me a new program in my phone, and I'll be off and good to go. Yeah. So what we use it for a lot is, I mean, one of the ways that we're also unique is that we don't try to keep clients forever. Um, We tell every client when they start, and I think this is also, this, this works well with our niche because, you know, our, our demographic is people that are usually like, you know, like you mentioned, like CEOs or people that are really, really successful. They're very type A. Um, and a lot of them have this kind of, they're like finally hiring a personal trainer because they've been very hesitant for a while because it bothers them because they understand the basics and they're like, why do I need somebody to make me do this? Like, I should be able to do this on my own. And so it's kind of like a humbling moment for them to hire a personal trainer. And so one of the reasons that it, it helps with our approach for them is because we explain is that our goal is not for you to work with us forever. So like our, the whole point of this program is to help you nail down the habits and we work with them for anywhere for, from three, six or 12 months. And the idea is that by the time we finish, you should be continuing on your own. You know, we should help you nail down the habits that you should be self-sufficient. You should no longer need us. And so I'm hoping, and it seems like it's been so far with the app that it should help with that. Because if we have a client that works out with us two times per week, then we'll give them a third workout to do on their own, and that's part of the program that they're expected to do. So Monday, Wednesday, they're working with their trainer. Friday, they're repeating that workout, and they have it on their app with, like you said, you know, the uh, exercise videos, the instructions. They can log it. Um, and so we'll not only see whether or not they did it. We'll see how they performed it, how many reps, how much weight. So, yeah, I think that's, like, huge right there in helping people to start taking ownership over their own health and fitness, which will lead to better results during and after the program. How many of their clients actually are doing the third workout, though? Because <laughs> I, f- I find, like, you can put it in there because they ask for it, and then you go check the app, and you're like, dude, you haven't even done one workout since two months ago. I p- uploaded it to your phone. Yeah, so um, we've always been doing this in terms of like, giving them workouts to do on their own. We just used to do – we use Google Drive where we have, like, a template. Um, we'll fill it out and send it to the clients. So – now, the difference is not that we're asking them to do the workouts. It's just that we're the way we're doing it. So it's a little more comprehensive and more intuitive and works better. I mean, we're only beta testing it right now. So I, we don't have a huge amount of data. But so far, the clients we've been doing it with, it's been awesome. Like, they've been so much more consistent with it. Because they, number one, they get a notification that day. They get, like, a reminder, hey, like, you're scheduled for – we actually schedule it on a workout. So we'll talk with them and say, okay, you got to do a workout on your own. It's not just, hey, do it at some point. It's – what day and time are you going to do this workout? And we schedule it just like we would schedule a session mm-hmm. so that they get that notification and they know, all right, if I don't work out right now, I'm going to get a message later today from my trainer saying, hey, what happened What happened today? Um, so it works a lot better. It, it adds a lot more accountability, you know? Yeah. Have you ever seen how Trainerize looks like? I have. I've looked in. So yeah, I okay. spent, earlier this year, I spent like months looking at all the different coaching software. Um and I, honestly, I was baffled by how most of them are terrible. Most yep. of like, the user interface is just awful, and like there's so many bugs and problems with them, and they just are not intuitive at all. 
Did you look at a lot of different ones before choosing Trainerize? Yeah, we did, and Trainerize was kind of the best one, like most user-friendly. But right now, we're actually having a lot of issues because with um, their newest update, everyone who ha- has a Samsung phone, it keeps crashing. And uh, it's been like that for the last three weeks, so we're kind of a little mad right now. <laughs> wow, that's annoying. So let me tell you, I actually, um, have you heard of my PT Hub? Yes. Okay, so so I assume you looked into that as well. I want to hear why you didn't choose it. Um, so it kind of came down to, because um, I have two business partners, and okay. if one of us says no, then all three of us have to agree. So it was like long arguments about why and why not and things like that, and eventually after hours of arguing we went with trainerize <laughs> that's why. okay yeah so it wasn't like you don't have a specific reason for no. you that you didn't want to, okay so for me so for me it was between ipt hub and trainerize mm-hmm. um trainerize i think is clearly the most um well, I, it's the most developed one out there probably yeah. they probably are the most popular and they have it's really well thought out and it looks professional it's good um i actually chose my pt hub because again we don't do any on strictly online training do you uh i have a few clients it's like my clients kids that are in school that are not in town but they have a mm-hmm. program to work out when they're um, at school and that's about it okay cool so we yeah, have so we don't do any strictly online training so we were trying to basically we want it to be as simple as possible so they don't have to like learn how to use the app we want it to be just like they would they would you know get it on their phone, they would intuitively know how to use it. And so my PT Hub was the only one that really seemed to do that for us. And the other thing that I really, really liked about my PT Hub is that, um, actually, we were just talking with this about the CEO. With, uh, I had a call with the CEO yesterday because I was, I was talking to him about how, um, how, how happy I was with what they've done and the updates they've made. Um, and we talked about like some, some of the things they have coming up and how, uh, how it's really changed over the last couple months. Um, but the, the so he what he was telling me is like with my with my PT hub is that he's like the reason we called it the hub is because Trainerize offers a lot of the same um, capabilities that we do. You know, like you can use my fitness pal, um, you can integrate like evolution nutrition or things like that. But what I didn't like about that personally was that when I have an app for my clients, I don't want them to have to download six different apps and then yeah. jump around. Like, I wanted to have, like, if I get an app, I want it to be everything they have to do is in that app. Um, and so that's what I liked about it is because they have, like, the nutrition tracking is in there. All the workouts are in there. We send the nu- their nutrition plans in there. The results, everything is just in that app. So it's just, a, like, it's a hub, you know, for that. Um, and now they have, just like Trainerize, the, the main reason I was trying to decide between um, PT Hub and Trainerize was because of the custom branded apps. Uh, and at the time, Trainerize was saying we're about to release it, and my PT Hub said was, was saying, uh, no, we don't have any plans. But they just did release it, so we went with my PT Hub, and now we uh, got it branded with the fit to go app. Nice. What do you think of like fitness trackers and all the like kind of wearable tech to tell you that you got seven hours of sleep and good job? <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's getting well, from, so big now, right? Yeah, well, from your tone, I, I'd expect that you're not a big fan of it. Not really. Like, it's it's just information, right? Like, I, I can almost say probably 80% of my clients have some sort of fitness tracker. But it's like, you have all this information, but if you don't do anything with it, you're not really progressing anywhere. So, um, I... 
was dating a girl about a year ago, and she used um, a Fitbit mm-hmm. every day. And to this day, she's the only person I've ever met that actually uses a Fitbit every day. <laughs> Most of the people I know who have Fitbits buy it, wear it maybe once, twice, a couple of weeks, and then it, it sits in their closet. Um, and then it's the kind of thing like, oh, yeah, I really should use that again. So, I mean, for some people, like, like, like you know, it depends on your personality. If you're, like, really, really type A, you love having all the data, then it's really, I mean, for me, it's just completely about personality and, you know, your motivation and what it does for you. It's definitely not a necessity, um, and it can help. Like, for some people that love having all the data, they can be like, okay, cool, and they can track all that stuff. I never recommend it to clients. Like, I'll never bring it up, um, and I don't personally use anything like that. I mean, I it's funny because I personally track so little of my own fitness stuff at this point. Um, I have before. You know, I've tracked my calories before. I've meticulously tracked my sets and reps. Um, I've somewhat tracked my sleep, but at this point, you know, and this is what I always push with my clients is that start, you start off, you know, you want to track and you want to track your calories, track everything so you can see how you're doing and improve it. But the end goal is eventually to wean yourself off tracking, to just develop the habits so that you're not having to think about it anymore. And we want your nutrition, your sleep and everything to sort of go back on autopilot. So you don't have to be constantly worrying and thinking about it. Yeah, the only thing I like about the Fitbit is, like, if you're a complete beginner, the only thing the Fitbit tells you to do is the 10,000 steps. So it's like if Mm -hmm. you've never exercised in your life, but your Fitbit's telling you you need, you know, two more, like, 2,000 more steps to complete today, you're going to want to do it. And I've seen some people that have gone from, like, couch potato to, like, walking every single day to get that goal, and that kind of enters them into the world of health, which is pretty cool. Okay, you know what? I just remember I did have a client that was exactly that. I'm glad you brought that up. It was yeah. exactly that. And he was uh, funny because he's, he's, you expect like the young, like millennials to be super into the technology, but he's, uh, he's in his 70s. Um, and he, it was exactly that. He's like, nah, I, I look at my Fitbit and he's like, I'm at work. And I'm like, I'm at 8,000. So before I leave work, I like walk up and down the stairs like 25 times and I hit my 10,000 steps and then I go home. I'm like, all right, if it works for you, go for it. Yeah, they need to develop some sort of, like, Apple Watch to tell you to when to wake up, when to go to sleep, when to eat, when to work out, and what to do in the workout, and then reset, <laughs> right? <laughs> That'd be yeah, we cannot, we cannot have to think for our own anymore. <laughs> yeah. Too inefficient. So, like, with the mobile business, like, I've been chatting with, like, Kevin Larrabee and Mark Fisher, and they're huge on kind of, like, creating gym culture for people to kind of feel like, you know, other people are in the same struggle. How do you kind of convey that in a mobile business if you're just like with one person? Oh my God, Rafael, that is such an, that's an amazing question. And that's something <laughs> I've been contemplating a lot this year. Um, Cause a hundred, hundred percent it's, it's tough to find a way to do that. So, I mean, there's, there's two aspects to it in terms of creating the gym culture. Because number one is the like environment during the session, making mm-hmm. it feel like motivating enough. And the biggest thing, the biggest like uh, click that I had in, my, in the first year of Fit to Go that I realized was so, so important to bring speakers and set up music. And I mean, even though most clients will have speakers in their house, instead of like going and like trying to say, hey, do you have speakers? You want to set up some music and wasting 30 minutes trying to figure that out? Yeah. We have each trainer as part of like the equipment they have to bring, they're required to have small mobile um, Bluetooth speakers that they can just set up. And so like, what I'll do when I go to a client is I'll say, okay, what kind of music do you like, listen to, like to work out to? 
Um, and they'll be like, I don't know, uh, 80s pop. I'm like, all right, cool. So I'll go on. I have a Spotify. I pay for the premium Spotify each month just for this. Yeah. So, so we don't have any commercials. And we'll put on the station. And boom, it's on. And we have that music. So the music just, compl- it, oh, my God. The difference it makes in a session, whether it's just, you know, quiet and the dog running around or the kids crying, as opposed to, like, the music going. And it just completely changes the environment. So there's that. And the bigger part is what, you know, I think what you were more hitting on is sort of the the group aspect of it, the yeah. feeling that they're part of something as opposed to just, I'm stuck into this, doing it alone. Um, and for me, it was the struggle between, you know, a lot of these, like I was saying before, you know, the idea of like a lot of these clients, like are kind of like hesitant, like you don't even want to have to hire a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to, um, create a group and sort of push them to go into it because I thought that a lot of them would, uh, would prefer to keep it private. But I actually, um, just had a conversation with a client where she was talking about that, how like she would love to have like a Facebook group and that, you know, really, really was interesting to me because I would love to have that with clients, you know, they have a group where they have them all in it and, you know, and talk with each other, have it like as a support group. But I didn't think that this demographic would be into it. And this is like, this is a client who's like a perfect, perfect, um, sample of that demographic. Like she's extremely, extremely busy, very accomplished type A, um, so, yeah, and it's something we're looking into more now with that is, like, creating a group like that. And it's it's hard to find that balance. It's hard to keep it, um, you know, practical so people will actually participate it in it. Do you do you do anything like that with your um, with your online clients? Uh, so I have, like, a Facebook group. I have, like, the newsletter and stuff like that. But I also, like, it's a handful. It's, like, five people. And I have them all okay. through my um, phone. So I can always, like, text them to see how's it going. But it's kind of tough with them when they're at university and they're like in exam mode and they don't even want to answer me. Mm-hmm. But um, if I had it all on a larger scale, I would definitely do like a Facebook group where at least every day post something and comment on people. Like I experimented with it with um, something called the transformation challenge I do every year. And in the years previous, I would just have, you know, my clients post and kind of just watch it. Whereas this time, I interacted with almost every single post and that created a lot of more kind of a spark for people to participate in. Whereas like before, you know, someone will post something, they'll like it and that's it. But if I commented on it, another person would comment. And then I think it's also like if you get the notification so many times on your phone, you're like, okay, I'm going to go check it. Cause that's the other thing. Like if it's a quick notification on your phone, you're like, Oh, I can comment on it really quick. Cause you look at your phone like 10,000 times a day. So it's kind of easier than that way. Right. Yeah, I hear you. Um, definitely, uh, there, there definitely is a huge aspect to having that group group feeling. Because we will, you know, the trainers will keep in contact with their, with their clients throughout the week, and that definitely is a huge help. But definitely, you know, having that group. Also, you know, like, so there was that, right, when I had the conversation with the client about the Facebook group. There was also a client um, – couple months ago who when we, we'll do like periodically you know um fit to go client stories where we'll mm-hmm. film them you know talking about their experience talk about their transformation and it was interesting how like how many clients emailed me after that and said like wow it was really cool to see that other people are actually going through this too and like you know my struggles are other people's struggles um so yeah it's definitely you know there's definitely a lot to have in that group mentality and i you know whether or not you love crossfit that's why they're so successful because yeah, they definitely. can create such a strong culture and the camaraderie and they know like they feel like they're in it together with their friends. So, yeah, it's just 
figuring out how to make that work with in-home is a little tricky, but definitely a goal. Have you ever thought of doing like a year-end party for all your clients at all? <laughs> Honestly, no. I mean, I've heard the ideas before. Yeah. Um, I don't think any of them would be into actually going to a party, especially because this is like, it is in home, you know, so the whole idea is us going to them. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe sometime in the future, definitely not right now. I think it would be just a waste of time. Because I think like, because I saw one of your videos where you had like a client highlight video and yeah, like Mm -hmm. when other people see that, that train with you, they're like, oh, that's actually really cool. So I think eventually, like, if everyone kind of sees each other online and kind of knows each other's stories, maybe, like, a little get-together for the end of the year where it's, like, a, a client appreciation day where you just feed them <laughs> would be a good idea, right? <laughs> just give them pizza and donuts? <laughs> yeah, like, good at, job. At fitness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously, right? Oh, man. Um, how was I going to go with this? Well, I'm just going to go into, like, the whole weight loss thing. What's sure. kind of, like the biggest struggle you see with people trying to lose weight and keep it off? Okay. So with trying to lose weight and keep it off. So again, you know, that's like 90% of the people that sign up for personal training are doing it to lose weight. Um, the biggest struggle, there's a couple. So I think one of the biggest issues is the amount of misinformation out there. The problem is, you know, the problem that if they, the first thing that anybody does way before they hire a personal trainer is the Google how to lose weight or like fat loss workout or something like that. And I mean, most of the top hits they're going to get on Google are going to be complete pseudoscience. Uh, you know, like I had a client the other day who, um, we, we spent an entire session just going through her nutrition and we went in detail. Um, and, and we set up like a, a great plan to, you know, create a caloric deficit. And then she said, okay, um, you know what? And I'm also going to go and I'm going to drink. Um, I'm going to push myself. I'm going to drink some apple cider vinegar every day. I was like, "What? <laughs> why? Why would you do that? That's, that sounds gross." And she said, "Because you know, I want to like rev up my metabolism." And I was like, "That's that's not going to boost your metabolism." She's like, "What?" She's like, "No, no. I'll, I'll send you an article. Yes, it does." I'm like, "Do you know how many articles are on the internet that will tell you that something's true that's completely false?" Yeah. So um, that's just really rough because I mean it's. If you're if you're not in this industry, if you're not doing this for a living, and you're not like studying this all day, then it's really really hard to understand what's true and what's not. Because, I mean, these people will you'll these articles are often written by people who seem like experts. They have a huge following, so it's hard to discern. So I think that's a huge problem for a lot of people. Um, I think the other half of it is sort of what we're trying to solve with Fit to Go. Uh, what I was hitting on before is the idea of trying to plan your life around fitness instead of figuring out a way to fit fitness into your life. So the idea that people feel like there's one right way to get fit, like I have to go to a gym, I have to do a certain diet, um, I can't drink, can't eat uh, hot dogs or whatever, as opposed to you know really figuring out a balance and figuring out what would work for their goals. So like for example, with exercise, um, I think the struggle is that a lot of people hate running on a treadmill. And what they don't realize is that if you're working for, if you're working on cardio, you can have just as an effective workout going and playing basketball for an hour or dancing for an hour or skiing or whatever it is, whatever activity you like to do, that's going to be more effective because you're going to enjoy it and you're going to stick with it as opposed to just running on a treadmill, which is going to be miserable um, if, if you hate running on a treadmill, which I personally do. Um, 
So I think that's a big part of it too, because then once they try to fit that in and it doesn't work, then it becomes a thing mentally. And the mental battle is the biggest one, because then it's like, I'm not good at this. I'm not good at getting fit. It's hard for me to do this. I keep failing. And then once you have that mindset, it's so hard to break. So I think that's the biggest thing. I'm going to touch on your first point because almost like every week I'll have one client where it's like, oh, have you heard about this diet or have you heard about this cleanse? And I'm like, oh, my God, come on. <laughs> and like the other day, like this happened last week. I had a client and I um, we were talking about her goals and she's like, I really want to do a chin up. And I'm like, OK, well, like, let's put you on a, like a r- awesome strength program to get you there. And she was super excited about it. And then uh, she went home. Like, talk to her friend, and her friend's like, well, you shouldn't be lifting heavy because you're going to get really big. And then she emailed me back, and she's like, I'm really concerned about my program. I'm like, god damn it. Come on. <laughs> and damn then, you, friend. Yeah, seriously. And, um, you know, after, like, chatting with her, she understood and everything like that. But even then, like, I think that same week, um, someone from Girls Gone Strong posted, like, a picture from a women's magazine where it's uh, – quoted like an expert trainer on women's health and it said something like make sure that your uh, grip on all your exercises are narrow to keep your muscles small and then if you do anything wide it's going to keep your muscles like growing wide i was like what the hell come on i thought we were past this who's that who's that trainer i think it's tracy anderson the one that's about like you want to you want to lengthen your muscles and keep them long and lean yeah you know what i'm talking about yeah 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 like there's just no physiology or anatomy or biomechanics at all in in any of these programs. I I just don't understand how she she's out there because like I can't, I think I was talking to Lee Boyce about like the top 100 trainers to follow like that list they put out every year and Tracy Anderson's always number one. I'm like how how and how are you making a hundred million dollars off this? Like what the hell? <laughs> That's the worst part. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that uh, also. Um, John wrote an article a long time ago about specifically about this. And one of the things that really, really helped me is he said that you, um, if your client, you know, jumps onto one of these programs or whatever, he says, that's your fault because it's your job from day one to avoid that situation. You want to plan ahead and you got to know that that's going to happen because they're going to be reading, you know, this fitness stuff is everywhere. They're going to be talking about what they're doing with their friends. Their friends are going to talk about what they're doing and they're going to all reading, be reading different pseudoscience and magazines and supplements. Um, So he says like, you have to explain to them on day one, what you're doing, why you're doing it. um, And then ask them any questions and, you know, kind of shoot, sort of explain why they're not doing anything else and why this is the most effective thing for them. So that way when they go and have, because I think the biggest thing for them is like, like the thing you just brought up like with a friend is they don't want to sound stupid to the friend. You know, like yeah. they don't want to sound like, when they talk about something they're doing for their fitness to their friend, they want the friend to be like, wow, that sounds awesome. Like, good for you. Like, oh man, I wish I was doing that. They want the friend to be jealous. They don't want to be the one that's shot down and be like, oh my God, like you're doing something wrong. Like, what? I'm putting in all this work and money. So that's really helped too is that like, we focus a lot on not only just telling them, like, do this, but, I mean, it goes in well with it, hand in hand with helping them to be eventually self-sufficient. We explain to them, I mean, at a basic level why they're doing it so that they understand, and then they'll buy into it more. Yeah, it's also, like, with our industry, people can read a bunch of stuff and then they consider themselves, like, a fitness expert. That's <laughs> right. another tough thing, right? Like, cause I remember, uh, what was it, maybe last year, someone on my Facebook posted that, hey, I've never exercised in my life. I don't know what to do. What should I be doing? And as I was scrolling through my feed, I'm like, okay, I'm going to like hate myself if I don't 
reply to this girl. Like, she needs help. I'm just going to give her my two cents. So I did it, and then somebody commented on my response, and it's like some random person on her side, and she actually said that I was wrong, and what she should be doing is five days a week of high-intensity training, at least 30 minutes, and then to have, like, a low-restricted calorie diet. I'm like, seriously? And then, like, I, I honestly just commented back. I'm like, are you serious? And then she started arguing with me. I'm like, you're not even a trainer. Like, what? Come on. <laughs> but, like, you, anybody could do that. Like, they can just, you know, look through their Facebook feed and read or watch a video about something about their health, and they're like, oh, that's how you're supposed to do it. Yeah, and I mean the problem is that they really, really believe it. You know, like yeah. they're like I. I mean, I had that same reaction. Was about like what you idiot. Like what? Like not only you idiot, like the arrogance. Like who, yeah. who the heck do you think you are to come argue with me? Like you, Rafael, you're a personal trainer. You're a fitness professional. This is your, this is your career. This is some random person who read an internet article. Yeah. But the the problem is that like the way these articles are worded, they're like they're worded as fact. And so they think like, oh, that's the truth. And this person seems like an expert, so I'm going to trust them. And then this person who's reading it thinks that they are an expert now because they they learned it all. Yeah, I just like I just want to bash my head in every time I see stuff like that. <laughs> but anyway, I hear you, man. Like going to your second point was like kind of the mindset of like maybe like you know you explain your client like all, everything they need to know and they completely understand, but they might not be taking the necessary steps to see success and they feel kind of frustrated. So now they're looking towards a two week diet cleanse to kind of jumpstart them in the right direction. And I had another client who did that too, because she was frustrated with her, you know, plateau of weight loss. And she decided to pick up a book that was like, yeah, a two week cleanse. And I'm like, well, why do you want to do that? And she's like, well, I just want to kind of get myself in the right direction. I'm like, well, why don't we just try like for one month where you eat vegetables every single day and lean protein rather than skipping meals and, you know, binging on the weekend. She's like, Oh, I don't know. Like, like they're always kind of like looking for the next thing to be it. Right. Like I always find it so interesting where people would rather put themselves through like suffering of a strict and horrible diet than eating vegetables and eating protein. Like it, it just, it uh, it's dumbfounds me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is pretty crazy, isn't it? Yeah. How, like, you tell them <laughs> you can lose weight by, you know, eating healthy, eating foods you like. You can grab in some, some vegetables, you know, some protein. And they're like, nah, I'm going to go. I'm going to chug apple cider vinegar. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, like, eat 600 calories a day, and I'm going to run for six hours. Like, you, sh- you sure about that? that that's, that's the approach you want to take? Yeah. But it's also, like, how people kind of take in stress because sometimes you can have one client that will eat up every bit of information you give them, and it's, like, instant. Like, within three months, they, like, change their lifestyle, and they're, like, ready to go, and you give them something new, they'll tackle it no problem. Whereas some other people will, like, take a little bit slower, but at the same time, their mind wanders everywhere, and they're like, oh, I don't know if I can do it. Uh, and then they kind of like just almost go through the motions and it just takes a little longer with them to kind of get them to the next level. Yeah. Um, in my experience, the, the first type of client you mentioned, the one that just needs the information yeah. is so, so rare Yeah. in most cases. I mean, cause the truth is like most people, 
I mean, barring the apple cider vinegar and the other pseudoscience, most people understand what they need to do late. Lose yeah. late. They, need to, they don't know what they have to cut out. They know what kind of foods they should be eating more of. It's really just the planning and making it realistic um, and fitting in and having the accountability to start uh, to help them develop the habits. But let me ask you this. What do you think of precision nutrition with their approach to coaching? I really like PN stuff, like the kind of like habits and kind of work at one thing at a time until it's kind of like, you know, rooted into your brain that, hey, every morning I'm going to have breakfast because that's what I wasn't doing before. And it's kind of good in a sense because that's kind of how I turned into nutrition coaching where if I had a client that they never ate breakfast in their life and we finally got to that point that they were doing it without even thinking about it and if they ever felt frustrated like, oh, nothing's working anymore, I'm like, hey, look at your last year. One, you started training, which you've never done before. Two, you started eating breakfast that you've never done before, and you're going in the right direction, so we just got to keep the momentum going. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess so. We're on the right track. Because it's like the big chunks that you got to look at first rather than, oh, I'm not allowed to eat past 6 p.m. hundred, a hundred percent. And it's, it's pretty interesting how I think and most people, even like when you get your certification, when you become a personal trainer, you think it's all about fitness, yeah. right? Like you're like, I have to learn all there is about fitness and then I'll be good. I'll be the best trainer. Um, and they're like motivation. Well, motivation is just about, you know, I got to be positive. I got to, you know, get in there and be like, yeah, you can do it. Come on, man. I got to clap during the sessions. Yeah. But it's like at this point, um, my focus is so much more on developing my own understanding and approach to the psychology than yeah. the actual physiology because that's what, you know, at the end of the day, that's what makes the big difference. That's how people like Tracy Anderson or um, – any of these big pseudoscientific trainers are able to go and, and get people to buy in and to stick with the programs. And, you know, and that's the big problem is because the people will see results, not for any of the reasons that Tracy Anderson is saying they're going to see results, um, but because they created a caloric deficit, not because they're not eating gluten um, or whatever the, the diet they're on. But so, yeah, it's, I mean, it's all, it's a mental battle, man. It's just helping clients get over that and, and helping them develop the habits despite like their own inner voice. Yeah, I think the last kind of like two years and more I've been reading, it's like you're less of focus on what exercise you should give them, but more of what's going on in their brains and figuring out uh, kind of like an action plan to get them over that hump. A hundred percent. And that's a little bit where I struggle with the app as well, because with the app you do, like with Trainerize or PT Hub or whichever one of the ones you have, you do always log the exact number of sets, reps, mm-hmm. um, and I think there's a lot of value to that, but I think for some clients, it's not the best. You know, for some clients, it needs to just be a time for them to chill, de-stress, relax, and they need to be able to think of exercise as just a way to have fun, as opposed to like a chore or like a way for them to measure their, you know, uh, performance or things like that. So that's it's not the best for everyone with that. Well, the one thing I was going to bring up is like I keep like putting this off because I want to actually put myself through the PN like coaching thing just to see how it run but I remember uh, hearing John Berardi speak of how their kind of program works but there's like a daily like little questionnaire that you have to fill out and I think it's like three to five questions and one of them is like do you feel like today what you've done is progressing you to your goal and if it's and it's like a point system like one to five type of thing and one being the worst five being really good and if your client puts down one then the coach is actually going to contact that client and be like hey what's up what are we what's going on 
and they kind of try to figure out what's going on. It's usually like, oh, work stress, I'm dealing with relationship issues, my kids are like destroying me slowly, and I can't focus on nutrition, which I thought it was kind of like a really bulletproof way of like really figuring out what's going on because you can tell clients like, hey, I want you to focus on these things, and they go off and they live, you know, live their life, and you don't really know what's going on, and you can most people hide whatever's like really dragging them down in life and and then you ask them like oh so how did last week go with nutrition like yeah not good (laughs) can i tell you my biggest problem with precision nutrition sure i didn't create it (laughs) it bothers me so much because oh my god everything they do is so on point yeah like like i hadn't heard that they do the daily questionnaires but everything the more I, i learn and hear about uh precision nutrition is just their, their approach is exactly what I think is it needs to be done. I think it's the most effective way. I think it's the ethical way. Um, and it's just, man, I wish, I wish that was my company. <laughs> yeah, but, like, the questionnaire, I think he, like, stole it from another coach somewhere. In, like, I've heard of that, those questionnaires. Wow, right after, right after I call him ethical. <laughs> yeah. Well, he might have, like, came up with an idea, but I don't know. Like, everything in our industry is, like, always shared or stolen. So. Right, but, like, yeah, 100%. Like, I think it's in, uh, I don't know which sport started, but, like, I follow the NFL quite a bit, so, uh, the guy named Patrick Ward, he got hired by the Seattle Seahawks as, like, their, like, I don't even know what his, like, position is called, but he does all the numbers of, like, everything you can think of, so they have their own app, and the same thing, they have a daily questionnaire on, like, stress levels, if they're happy, if they're fatigued, and they just, like, rate it, and then he gets all the information in his computer, for that week and then he can actually go to the head coach and be like these three guys are not feeling that great they're tired they're kind of emotional don't go too hard on them and then these three guys are all good to go you can push them as hard as you want in practice today type of deal so it kind of stems like it's the same idea almost and i'm like that's a really freaking good idea if you really think about it yeah i think that's great and you know it's great data for the coaches to have i think the bigger aspect of it probably is actually the client going in and answering those questions yeah you know for them feeling like i mean the, the first one the first question you brought up was you know do you feel like what you've done today is progressing you towards their goals yeah. towards your goals and i'm just imagining from my like if i were a client reading that i think i'd be like well was it and so there's two choices either it was and then you say yes and then you feel like okay cool i'm on the right track i'm doing things right and you feel on top of it or maybe the answer is no and then maybe you'll say wait uh, let me go do something so that I am progressing towards my goals because I don't want that to be a no for today. Yeah. I mean, that's my my initial reaction to hearing that. Yeah, I think, uh, again, it's, like, really depending on the client because, like, like you said, like, some people are like, oh, shit, I need to do something today. Whereas other people that are more, a little bit more, like, emotional with their, like, lives, they'll be like, well, I guess I didn't really do anything. And then they'll, like, put, like, a one at super low and you kind of have to, figure out what's going on with them whereas like a type a type type of personality will be like yeah f yeah five right off the bat right <laughs> so I think yeah but really also depends. i mean if you if you they also know if they put down a one the coach is going to contact them yeah so i mean i don't unless they're going to straight out lie i think that they might go and do something so like oh wait i don't want to get a contact with my coach all right let me do one thing so i can uh say yes i did do something today you know yeah um what would be like your strategy like because now it's christmas time coming up like what would your tips be for keeping you know 
healthy, relatively healthy throughout the holidays? Yeah, so I've been thinking about this a lot because I've I've done a couple different interviews with different magazines this year about this exact topic, mm-hmm. and so I've been reading a lot of other people's approaches, and there's usually most fitness professionals will fall into one of two camps. Either it's like hard ass, um, you know, you can't, uh, you got to stick with your, pro- with your plan, you know, it takes this many burpees to work off your apple yeah. pie or whatever it is, yeah. um, and then... I think in more of an, in our crew, the one that the niche that more you and I are in in the, in the fitness industry, um, there's been a huge, huge push to really just focus on enjoying yourself um, and to not stress over it and things like that. I think that for most people, the latter is the best option to really just you know to to relax. But I think that there's a way to find a balance. You know that you. So what I do with my clients is number one, we tell them not to not stress about it. You know, like they're not like counting calories during then or anything like that. They're definitely not trying to make up for the meal. You know, they're definitely not like, okay, I'm going to eat less calories before or after to make up for that, because that's what a lot of people will do, and that will lead to like a low level of like starving binge. Like you know, if you like if they they'll be like, all right, I'm going to eat a huge meal on Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever. So like, okay, I won't eat anything all day, so I'll save my calories for dinner. Yeah. And then, great, and then you're going to go into dinner starving, and then you're going to eat so much more than you would if you just had a normal, healthy lunch. Um, so I think that's the key, is just finding a balance. So number one, like we tell them that we're not expecting much of them at all. We're not expecting them to do anything. Like, you, this is like your chance to relax, and don't let it be a, like a worry for you. But at the same time, like, hey, why don't we give you some options that you can do like well i'm gonna give you like a 15 minute workout that you can do in the morning when you're you know when you're away with your family uh because that's gonna make your day feel better you're gonna be in a better mood when you're spending time with your family and you're just gonna feel better about yourself as opposed to if you had taken off so you know because there is the balance like if you completely just go and say um i mean for some people if you just go and say that you know i'm just gonna do whatever and i'll worry about it then they'll come out of the holidays kind of feeling crappy about it because they'll feel like oh, i kind of i just went completely off my plan like i messed up um, so it's, it's just finding that balance where they can relax and not go crazy, but also not have that feeling of like, oh, I just backtracked and now I'm, you know, working uphill now in January. You know what I mean? Yeah. Again, like for me is it depends on the person. Like right. I, it always does. Like if I have a client that, like I mentioned before, that will, any kind of information I give them, they're on it right away. And those same clients will come up to me as like, Hey, what's the game plan for the holidays? I'm like, enjoy yourself. And they're like, what? Yeah, just go for it. Like, and they're like almost like, whoa! I don't have to like do anything. It's like, yeah, just go enjoy yourself. Whereas other people that I train, I'm like, you know what? Just like enjoy yourself, but you don't need to have three servings of cheesecake. You know, like that's it's like common sense to me. But they're like, oh, okay, I guess I shouldn't, right? And like the same thing is if you're gonna save up your calories, you're most likely gonna binge like crazy and eat way too much. But if you just eat normally throughout the day. And then you have your big, you know, Christmas dinner. You're probably not gonna overeat because you're just physically can't fit any more food into your mouth. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's the best way to do it. All right. So last question, because we're already at an hour. That went by really quick. Um, what are like the next projects coming up for you? Where can people find you on the internet, on social media, and all that kind of fun stuff? Yeah. So I, I do two main things in the fitness industry. Um, First is fit to go. Um, I'm sure everyone over 
a uh, number of times. So fit to go is the website is fit to go pt.com. So it's F I T the number two G O P T is in personal training.com. Um, right now we focus on in-home training in Baltimore. We're probably, this is one of the big projects for 2017 going to be transitioning into offering online coaching so that anybody in the world will be able to work with our trainers with the same approach. Um, and we also have our blog that we're trying to get a little more consistent with, with all of our team contributing to it, because there's so much, you know, so like there's so much we want to combat out there with all this new science. There's so much information um, and approaches that we do want to bring into the industry. So we want to write these articles more consistently. Um, the second thing I do is the um, best articles of the week for the personal training development center. So that's for um, for fitness professionals who really want to, in my mind, there's a big difference between a personal trainer and a fitness professional, mm-hmm. because a personal trainer is sort of what I was originally going to do, where you're kind of just do, getting a little side job going through college. A fitness professional is somebody who wants to make it into a career, and those are sort of the people that really go to the Personal Trainer Development Center, which is the ptdc.com, um, and I, what I do is just the, the best fitness articles of the week. We put together, we read hundreds of articles each week. Um, written by some of the top fitness professionals in the industry, and then we put together a list in each category um, of the best fitness articles that were written that, that week so that the trainers can go and read it on on every Sunday. Um, so those are the two main places I'm in right now. And, the yeah, the biggest project coming up is going to be that online coaching, which I'm excited for. It sounds like you and I are kind of in a similar place right now. Where we're focusing mostly on in-home and that hybrid model, mm-hmm. um, and then that online coaching sort of coming in with the apps. Yeah, definitely. Sweet. Um, so thank you so much for your time. That was freaking awesome. Yeah, wow. It's pretty crazy that an hour just went by. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me. No problem. It was a pleasure. All right, so that's going to wrap up episode 27 with Donnie Singer. And again, guys, feel free to check out that new Patreon page I was telling you about earlier. It's patreon.com forward slash cut the shit, get fit. Again, if you become a supporter, you have exclusive access to content that no one else can see and please 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 support me and we'll see you guys next week